On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we are pivoting away from college football as we prepare for bowl season. The model is in the laboratory, crunching data, putting together an algorithm, getting everything ready for bowl mania. So while we've got that going on, we shift our attention to the NFL We've seen us do previous episodes where we discuss the bottom five worst coaches in the NFL. Well, we're going to flip-flop that. We're actually going to be talking about the top five best coaches in the NFL. It may be easy to guess, but we're also going to look back at all the active coaches and try and guess historically who's got the highest winning percentage and why they're a good coach. And then we look ahead to our picks. We've got some listeners who are fading our very own insider, Coulter. They're betting against him and winning. And meanwhile... Key pick Cazalet strikes again. He now moves to 12 and 2. And yes, that's correct. I'm talking in the third person because it's me. I've won my key picks. So stay tuned. I'm going to make my pick this week. You're going to want to hear it. So this is episode number 60 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent. Garoppolo fires. It is caught still on his feet. Is Kittle with a big play and the stiff arm. George Kittle. Flags fly. He's down to the 30. What a run by George Kittle. Take it on everybody, but the penalty is huge. There are multiple flags. Thinking face mask here. And there it is. Marcus Williams grabbing Kittle's mask and he refuses to go down. is high, the kick is up, and it is Well, the NFL is investigating an incident at Sunday's Bengals-Browns game of a Patriots employee who was attending that game in Cleveland. Uh, Someone alleged that this employee was possibly videotaping the Bengals' sideline. And some people having serious problems with him. You're going to have to talk to him and tell him it's what it is. The football team, the football staff, and the coaching staff had nothing to do with what happened. Nothing. So we have no involvement in it. All right. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. And once again, I am joined by my co-host, Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Air, we are into college football bowl season, but we are looking ahead to just NFL this week. We are skipping college football. We are going straight to NFL. We have our NFL insider Coulter joining us, which we typically do in the second segment. But this week is all NFL all the time. I'm I'm pumped. I'm getting getting bumped up. I feel honored. Bumped up, Coulter. You are the insider. Uh, We have a lot to discuss. There's a lot of bad coaches out there. But there's not a lot of good coaches out there. So we're going to actually flip the script on people this week. I love talking good coaches because as bad as the bad coaches have been, the good coaches have been equally great. I, you know, I praise Mike Tomlin, someone who I've not always liked in the past, but he's done a great job in Pittsburgh this year. That's a real grown-up defense that they have. 
So credit to him on the defensive side of the ball. And it can't be easy to navigate that offense. He's just the first guy that comes to my mind. Uh, no running back, no quarterback, third string quarterback, no top receiver, the losing Antonio Brown. I mean, their tight end situation has been awful and they've just kept churning out wins. They're eight and five and looking at the playoffs. You got to love a team like that. That's, that's just my number one guy off the top. And I, I know I talked about him last week, so yeah, he's great. But before we jump into this, I do want to talk to both of you because I know you are both Broncos fans and particularly Coulter, who pre-draft had some interesting words, I think, for your <laughs> boy Drew Locke, who's now showing up. How do you feel after seeing Locke under center for a few weeks? I'm going to keep reverse jinxing it. I still don't believe yet. You know, just okay. keep, you, you, when you get when you're in a bad relationship and you break up with somebody, it takes years to overcome that, even if you date other girls right after it and they're great. <laughs> Uh, and that's Paxton Lynch to me. Uh, that's like the devil from hell of, of women, uh, except he was my co- team's quarterback for two short years. But that relationship really has just made me so uh, not trusting of the Denver Broncos when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. Um, yeah, and that's basically it. I mean, to the point where I'd rather have us take a veteran like Flacco. And obviously that was the wrong take because uh, Flacco is a disaster. And sometimes he's guys you sign off the black market are just not great. You know, you're getting Joe Flacco's, uh, you don't know what you're going to get with them. Whereas a rookie like Locke can inspire the locker room and really motivate the guys. And this was a team that was playing a lot of close ball earlier in the year. And, uh, so they were close. They just needed that extra push. And so Locke has provided that I'm still a little hesitant to say, I totally believe, but he looks great against Houston. Yeah. I gotta say the Broncos actually look like a frisky team right now. You got to believe it. They've had so many close games, the Bears, the Colts, the Jaguars. I mean, this team could be a playoff team. Uh, It would have been interesting to see that thumb injury kept him away for so long. And all the tea leaves out there, I'm sure uh, Aaron knows better than I do being out there. But I mean, all the reports were that Van Gio and the staff really did not want lock. They were using the thumb injury to keep him off the field. Luckily, that thumb is healed. And I really wish that that was not the case, that they had kept him off the field as long as they did, because we could have probably won an extra game or two somewhere along the lines. Yeah, Mr. Model, how are you feeling about that being the local? It's been interesting to see the gunslinger mentality return to Denver. That's been missing, I think, for a while. The uh, buzz out here has certainly been increased over the last two weeks with performances way better than I think anyone would have expected. I am right there alongside Coulter, though. I'm going to hold out and not reverse get my jinx. hopes too high. Exactly. <laughs> I keep fueling up the reverse jinx Cadillac. I'll just keep pumping gas into that until we win the Super Bowl again. I mean, we'll see. But, you know, Elway, he he needs this because he has whiffed a lot on quarterbacks. And you would think if there was anybody in that organization who's got the skill set to evaluate a quarterback, it would be Elway. But he has not been able to do that. It's kind of fascinating. I want the record to show, and I'm glad that we're taping this because I got into an argument with a Bronco fan over the weekend. Brock Osweiler was a failure. He was a second round pick and he never made it, but in big capital letters, B U T, but he won a super bowl ring and he was five and two that super bowl year. He helped us get to that super bowl. As far as I'm concerned, Brock Osweiler is always a great Bronco. I love him. Whoa, super, okay. super bowl winner. I, I <laughs> can ba- I'll bash Paxton Lynch. I'll bash, I'll bash Simeon. I'll bash everybody that we've had, but Brock is off limits to me. Five and two in a crucial stretch. He beat new England at home, helped us win a super bowl. Love the guy. Hey, that's maybe on, they'll go. That's uh, on the record. Maybe they'll go the route of the Eagles and build a statue for Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. Jesus, what the hell were they thinking? Uh, Nick Foles was really the glue of that locker room, huh? It's so funny to see that team disintegrate without yeah. him. Yeah, and I do just want to quickly bring that up, too, because that was a game with my New York Giants, who I'm just going to quickly vent. 
We are <laughs> atrocious. I mean, you couldn't have a bigger of a train wreck. In fact, watching that game, it played out exactly how I wanted it to play out, where Eli actually looked like he had life for the first half. We were making every Eagles fan sweat because they're somehow still alive for the division. But in the end, I wanted us to lose because that gets us a better draft pick. And hopefully we clean house with Shermer and Gettleman gone. But my, oh my, I, like my natural fandom kicked in watching that game. And in the fourth quarter overtime, I go, what the fuck is happening with this team? It was embarrassing on so many levels. And the fact that Pat Shermer is even being whispered that he can survive this is unbelievable to me. Yeah, especially because they've had to put Jones on the bench with this quote unquote injury. I, I put that in heavy air quotes because I don't believe that for a second. So he's been such a bad coach. That they never had to bench the rookie quarterback because he has lost such control of that offense. Uh, and he can't obviously get Jones to play better. So. I don't know. Clear house is that's one of the most obvious situations in football. I think you got to move on and find a new coach. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just going to make me upset. Yeah. No, so no bad, want. no bad coach talk this week. Yeah. It's all we are, we are doing positive in the words of Leon black. We're going to topsy turvy this motherfucker and we're going to talk about good coaches. Okay. Love it. So Mr. Model, do you want to kick us off here with uh, a little experiment? Yeah, I had a little competition I wanted you guys to go through, and uh, I'm positioning you both as a team. So before the podcast got started, I looked across the NFL. I may have missed a coach or two, but I grabbed five guys who have coached as head coaches for over 200 games in the NFL, and I want you to stack rank them in terms of their win, win percentage. So I will give you the five coaches. Uh, these are all guys who have a 60% uh, b- as good or better win percentage. So all, you know, likely some of the best of the best. And I want you guys to tell me your best guess of who you think is the highest win percentage, second, third, fourth, and fifth. You ready? And are these guys uh, active or a mix of active and non-active? Nope. These are all guys who are currently active head coaches right now. All right, let's do it. All right. So the first guy I have is going to be Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick, who do you think was in the top position with the best win percentage? Well, you know, it's interesting too, is before we jump into this, you could make an argument that those are the top five coaches in the league right now too, which is I was I guess say, no coincidence. Yeah. There's coaches that I like and what they've done this year. Uh, like Tomlin, Brian Flores down in uh, Miami, but those are the top five, you know, if we're going to do the rankings, you yeah. just named them all. I mean, there's guys like Frank Reich who are doing great jobs uh, with the, Andrew Luck situation and navigating that, that you got to give a lot of credit to, but the names you just read, I would say are the, that's the top five. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take it for it. How is the first top guy? Not Belichick. It's gotta be right. Yep. That's exactly right. So he is by far and away the best. He has about a 68% win percentage. So you got I'm number a, one. I'm going to go with number two is Andy Reed. No. Damn. Is it Tomlin? Mike Tomlin is number two. He has a 65% win percentage. That's okay. right. So, uh, Reed, Peyton and Carol are your last three. Yeah. I was going to say Peyton has had a couple of years where they've been eight and eight or seven and nine. And Pete yeah. Carroll has had the same, whereas I cannot remember a year where the chiefs slash Eagles under Reed's tutelage have not had nine or 10 or 11 wins. That guy is a 10 win machine. It feels like. And, and Mike Tomlin, now that I'm thinking about it is really never had an eight and eight year. He's always in the winning percentage for sure. Yeah. I think three has got to be Reed. Three does not read. Whoa. Really? Oh, I thought, I thought you were just saying that it was read uh, my fault. No, just giving the options again. Three is not read. 
Uh, not an option. I, I didn't bring them in. Yep. Uh, your options, Reed, Peyton, or Carroll. Who do you think? It's not Reed. That's number three. Jeez, Peyton. It's got to be and Peyton, Sh- right? Sean, Sean Peyton, yeah. Sean Peyton, exactly. He's a 62% win percentage. He's had some up and down years, a bunch of down years, I think, early with the Saints that have hurt him. Um, but then, obviously, come on strong. So, all right. They've, got a bunch of, they've had a bunch of 14 and twos, I feel like, too, more than some of these other teams, like the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to say Reed is fourth, seeing I thought yeah. he was two. That's exactly right. Reed is fourth and Carroll is fifth. So Carroll got, got hit with like earlier in his career too with the Patriots. So and the Jets, I mean, that, that, that hurts him. Yeah. So he, for the Jets, he had a terrible year, right around 37%. Patriots, he was mixed 62% one year and then 56 and 50% the other two years. So um, he's certainly done much better uh, more recently with the Seahawks. Yeah. And one thing you got to look at though, that is pretty much common across those boards too, is they've had good quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Reed has found quarterbacks and made them better, like an Alex Smith, uh, more so than a Sean Payton has in New Orleans with Drew Brees, who's just been his guy. But I, I definitely think, yeah, they've had all of them have had great quarterback play for at least the last five plus years. Yeah, um, I like to uh, let's let's that's actually really interesting. I would have thought Andy Reed would have been a little higher in there, but because uh, he the guy's just a model of consistency. That guy just always has winning teams. Um, so that's really interesting to do. What I think, uh, would be fun too, Coulter. I know you called it out is, uh, looking at coaches this year. So we, we actually couldn't find any odds, uh, at least right now. Uh, I have the odds of from mid November. They've changed. Obviously I think Mike Tomlin is in there, but the odds of mid November was Sean Payton was the favorite. Kyle Shanahan was next. Frank Reich, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Sean McDermott. Okay. Uh, that's changed. That was November 10th, but, uh, but those are the six that they had on November 10th. I think Mike Tomlin is definitely up there now. And I think you got to say Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan. Sorry. That was yeah. Like Bronco reflex. Yep. Is it? It's definitely up there. The guy who uh, seems to be missing from this, which to me is very surprising is Harbaugh. How is he not getting any credit for the season? I think they're giving a lot of credit to the offensive coordinator uh, in the system that he's implemented with Lamar Jackson, but it doesn't mean that uh he, John Harbaugh has done just a fantastic job in Baltimore. I mean, this is the best team in the league. And I don't think anybody, including myself, thought they were even going to win over eight and a half games. I mean, I, I was betting the under. I didn't think Lamar Jackson could make it a full season. So credit to Harbaugh, credit to Greg Roman, the OC. Um, and, you know, they just do the little things right. You see that with the Patriots and how they win games with the block punts and stuff. The Ravens have mimicked that. And they also have the league's best player this season. So it's kind of a formula for success when you execute all the little things on special teams and defense and, you know, situational football and you have a premier athlete like Lamar Jackson, you're going to end up with 11 and two record a lot, a lot of times. Yeah. And I do want to say too, just Lamar Jackson coming out this week and just shitting on every like thing that's out there right now, especially with the 49ers, uh, you know, radio guy making a comments about him. He comes out wearing white, white sleeves and a white glove. And is like, Oh, you think it's because of whatever you said, I'm going to go get a complete opposite and I'm going to ram it down everyone's throat. And he just, again, was breaking ankles, like lighting up the field. That guy is just fucking incredible and fun to watch. Brilliant player. He's led me to my fantasy semifinals where my team is now, had a rash of injuries, but hopefully can pull the upset this week. I, I'm 11 and two and I'm the underdog in this, the fantasy semis. Cause I'm missing all these guys. 
I honestly don't. I'm not even going to mention fantasy. I'm <laughs> bitter with fantasy right now. It's not even. Why, why do we play? Why do we? Why play? do we even play? I fucking hate it. It's the worst. <laughs> um, okay, so before we jump into the picks here, uh, a little backstory for the listeners. Uh, I invited you two to join this league uh, where we make picks against the spread every week, every game. Uh, in addition to the contest that we are doing on this podcast now, for people who've been following along. The results are mixed right now. There's some fun storylines. However, Coulter, in our pool, you are in second place, dominating out of a total of, I think, 30-something people. Just incredible. However, having said that, on the <laughs> podcast, the picks have been a little chilly. In fact, we've got somebody, a listener, who lets us know that he has been fading your picks. Can you please comment? <laughs> I'm not I'm not offended. I welcome it. I've encouraged people the last four weeks to bet against me. And the last couple of weeks, I've actually been switching off some of these picks. So it's like I gave Saints on the pod last week. Come game time last week, I switched on to the Niners. I just thought there was too many points, even though it was only two and a half. But I ultimately felt San Francisco does have an edge here. Uh, and so I did switch it. And so it's like I apologize to the listeners. listeners. I just don't have the handicap maybe fully in line. I, I've been going back more recently because I found some of the, the things I was missing earlier in the year was I was getting too fixated on picks and not seeing the other side. So I've been trying to see the other side more. Uh, and sometimes that doesn't come out until the end of the week, but I'm, I'm trying to get better here for the listeners. I promise. I, I think they would say, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you're locked just, in. They love it. Just and just keep and it coming fade, and fade me. Yeah. When, <laughs> When I get determined, I think that's like the worst, you know, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes the last three weeks. But I do encourage people to keep fading me because I am cold on the pod for sure. Well, all right. There it is, folks. Uh, Mr. Model, if you'd be so kind, let's look back at how we did last week and see how uh, the picks came in. Well, last week we had a clean sweep with our key picks. All three of us got our key picks correct. Both Coulter and I went one and one getting our key pick correct and our non-key pick uh, a miss. Ryan, you went two and zero. You got both of them correct, and you're continuing to pull away, even though I thought I was coming on strong. So to review the picks for last week, uh, Coulter, you had taken New Orleans minus two and a half over San Francisco on the pod. You just mentioned that you switched it prior to the game. That ended up turning out to be a loss. Uh, Pittsburgh minus two and a half over Arizona was your key pick. That turned out to be a win. Good job by you, Casale. Both your picks came through. Your pick of Tennessee minus two and a half over Oakland was my key pick that was tied at halftime, I think 21, 21. And then they just opened the doors in the second half and brought out the uh, bat and stomped them. Uh, your key pick also came through. You went out on a limb. You were passionate. You were all about it. Kansas city plus two and a half over new England. That was a great pick. That one also came through comments. Yeah. You know, key pick Casley strikes again, folks. <laughs> this is just, it's free money. I'm, I'm now 12 and two. Against the spread in my key picks. That is unbelievable. Now, with that game, you know, you can always get a little lucky. The refs certainly helped me out in that one. I think Patriots fans have a legitimate reason to gripe. But having said that, they've had so many good, they've had so many favorable calls throughout the years. That's the worst short term memory I've ever seen from a fan base. They just got a lucky break against Dallas a couple weeks ago with that horrendous tripping call. Yeah. Harry might have scored, but let's be honest, Kansas City was the better team in that game. They deserve to win. I hate when Patriot fans do that, and then they don't admit that. It's like, fine, I'll give you that Harry scored. Harry scored, but who was the better team? Be honest. And then they're like, oh, we were if Harry scored. It's like, no, you weren't. 
Kansas City outplayed you thoroughly. Your offense is a mess as we've gone over for the last month. And quite frankly, your coach got outcoached by Andy Reid. I think Reid had his best game of the year, and I think Belichick had his worst, personally. I agree with everything you said there. And we were texting during that game because we've been saying that the Patriots offense just is not something that can carry that team. And when they were down big, it was curious to see if they even had the ability to come back. And they relied on trick plays. They were relying on gadgets. They relied on Brady to scramble for a first down. That never happened. So it's a, it's very concerning if you are the Patriots. And I know we were talking, uh, I believe it was last week about favorites that you'd bet on for the Super Bowl. Well, the Patriots have got to have better odds now after that loss. So if you want to pick up on the Patriots, now's the time. I did say that last week that if you were thinking about it, maybe wait for one more week because it could end up being that they have better odds after a loss to KC. They have gone up slightly. They were plus 350 last week. They're plus 450. So the book is, they know that people are going to bet uh, Patriots. So they're not going to give you too much uh, juice there. The Niners have surprisingly gone up after that big win. So they are now up right there with the Patriots at 450. So that's an interesting thing to look at. Seattle, great value, 11 to 1 still have the one seed in play for them. I I don't love that team, but I love the value there. I mean, this is a team that could be the number one seed in the NFC still, and they're getting, they're the sixth uh, highest favorites. I love it. Yeah, I called that out, I believe, last week too. But the you thing did. is with them, it's the same thing with the Patriots. That's not an offense that can come back. And we saw it last week against the Rams. They did not look like a legitimate offense. They couldn't even score a touchdown on offense last week. And that's a concern. They're built to obviously take the lead and, and hammer at home. Uh, I'm just a little concerned now with that team, but that value is certainly there. The question is, are, do they have the ability to come back if they're trailing to a, a really high powered offense like the Niners or the saints? Yeah, I'm, I'm eyeing Carolina. I don't know if I'm going to make it a pick this week, but I'm definitely putting it in the pool. I love this six and a half at home. I know they don't have the coach anymore, but I don't know. There's something about you. As you just said, they cannot come back. And I, I think Carolina is slightly better than their record indicates. And I think Seattle's overinflated. So to say they're a touchdown favorite on the road is, I don't know about that or almost a touchdown, I should say. Yeah. It's a lot of points. Um, okay. Well, Mr. Model, let's uh, update uh, the, the standings. Yeah. So as for standings, uh, Coulter, you continue to, 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 to be there. Uh, you're coming. I know uh, 12 points for you overall, 10 wins, 19 losses. Oh. Uh, I'm still in the hunt. I'm, I'm struggled last week. I'm up to 23 points, 15 wins, 14 losses. And then in first place, Ryan, you are there. You pulled away a little bit, 26 points, 15 wins, 14 losses as well. But those key picks are just dominating. It feels good to get that right. And the whole season I've had the, the bullseye on my back, folks. You know, I've been leading the charge. I've been in first. I've been front running. It's time to now come down the stretch, hit these key picks, and bring home a victory. You are the key you're the key pick machine. Seriously. It's so impressive. We don't have a sponsor yet. I'm the goal should be getting you a sponsor by the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. Everyone that's out there. I've heard state farm has been putting a big push lately. Get on board with us. Anybody who's out there putting advertisements, come on board. It's a lock. It's a yeah. lock of the century. There's gotta be an insurance company or like FedEx with the ground guarantee, you know, you're protected, something like that. It's gotta be, we could formulate here. This is, yeah. it's too easy. I mean, you've got Allstate. We've got, like you said, FedEx is perfect. It's the holidays. Guaranteed delivery. Amazon, what are you doing? Get on board with this. Prime that shit. <laughs> Prime that shit. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first with non-key picks? 
Coulter, you want it? Yeah, we were talking about New England, and that is actually my first pick. Uh, nine and a half seems a little steep for an offense that can't score, but what do we know about this franchise? When they are in the headlines, which they are in, embroiled in their latest scandal, they love to show off and just stomp the living hell out of the team they're playing that week. When I saw that they were embroiled in controversy, I was like, the point spread cannot be high enough in their next game. You know Belichick is just going to want to run it down their throat. Uh, and this is a huge, by the way, as we've gone over in several pods, gigantic coaching mismatch. Belichick versus Mr. Nepotism himself, Zach Taylor. I mean, holy moly. I know it's a lot of points and their offense has been terrible, but what a cure it would be to just explode on Cincinnati and let out all your frustrations. You know that Brady wants to have another classic game. So people don't just think of him as this guy who's, you know, struggling to move the ball downfield. Uh, I think the running game wakes up their defense. I mean, how does Cincinnati score more than 10 points in this game? You're saying that new England doesn't score 20 against the Bengals defense. I mean, all they need to do is get to 21, 21, 10 covers it. And I think that's just in my head. I think that's just the easiest uh, score to predict of the week. I just don't see Cincinnati scoring very much. And I think new England takes out their frustrations, uh, both on the field and with the media this week on the Bengals. Yeah. I, uh, I flip-flopped this. I've gone back and forth twice now. Cincinnati looked like they cared. And I know they played the Browns last week with our punching bag boy, Freddie kitchens, but somehow Andy Dalton and Joe Mixon looked alive And at first, that was my thought process is that nine and a half is a lot. The Patriots can't score a ton of points right now. Uh, But like you said, how are they going to score against the Patriots defense? I don't see that happening. So I'm with you here. I am also on New England. Uh, I have flipped this, though, twice already. So I'm not 100. I don't feel very confident in this one. What I like about this one, too, is just like the Super Bowl odds. I love playing New England when people are finally just even if it's just like a small, even if it's one wagon is getting unhitched from the caravan. I love betting this team when there's just a little shimmer of doubt, which there clearly is now. And I've been, I was preaching it last month and people were slow on the uptake. But now finally, people are gravitating away from the Patriots. Give me the Patriots when people are doing that. They're one in three against the spread in the last month. The Bengals are three and one. I keep hearing that stack getting blurted out. I love this. People making a case for the Bengals. Please keep making a case for the Bengals. I think the Patriots are out of as of right now, I'm too am on the Patriots, but knowing the performance that Coulter has shown <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, I think I may switch on Sunday morning and go with the Bengals. We'll see. This is, a, this is a heavy public pick, too. I know I just said that people are running away from the Pats, but I just looked. It's 84% is on New England, so maybe I was a little off on that. I, I'm not really deterred, though. Again, I think Belichick just runs up the score. He hates being in the, the headlines. I really do. I know, now, it's a wee, I know it's a weak handicap, but that's where I'm going with the first pick. Now, uh, Mr. Insider, do you have any uh, or do you think there's any credence to the uh, fact that this whole videotape scandal might have been a plant by Belichick to get everyone off of the fact that their offense is struggling and focus back on them cheating to kind of get the everyone's against us Patriots back? You know, there's not a lot of things that I like about 2019, but that is just one of my favorite things of this year is that somebody came up with that theory that they would rather be known for cheating than being terrible at offense. God bless the person that came up with that theory. It's absolutely <laughs> genius. Uh, I guess maybe I believe it. You know, Belichick is next level. He's playing a different game than the rest of these coaches. It's certainly not chess. It's not checkers. It's some elevated uh, game that we don't even, we can't even conceive. So yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe that is why he did this. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. All right, Mr. Model, why don't you give us your first pick? So for my first pick, I'm going purely based on momentum. I didn't run the model or anything this week. I have two teams heading in extremely opposite directions. I'm taking the LA Rams plus a half point over the Dallas Cowboys. To me, it's like the Rams are coming back. They're healthier than ever. The last two weeks they performed just feels like they're clicking and back to being you know, actually competitive again. Dallas is headed in the exact opposite direction. They had a tough loss where they played decently against the Patriots and then came out absolutely flat against the Chicago Bears. It's just been utterly abysmal. I can only see them continuing to go down. I'm not sure who is going to win that NFC East. Whoever wants it least won't. Between the Eagles and Cowboys, I'm like, damned if I know. I have no idea which one is going to actually squeak that out. So to me, I really like the Rams. Even though they're traveling, it's inside in Dallas. I'm going to take the LA Rams plus a half point here. What do you think, Coulter? This was my third pick of the week. I This was literally about to be the pick I just gave. I gave New England instead, but I had the Rams right there. Huge coaching mismatch. No home field in Dallas. Let's put those two things right on the table right away. And as the model outlined there, I mean, this is a team, two teams heading in opposite directions. It is very important. And I was doing our listeners a huge disservice uh, earlier this year, taking Philadelphia. We forgot about this storyline about how Philadelphia's locker room is in turmoil. They don't like Wentz. Dallas, same thing. They do not like Garrett. This is a team that's about to clean house. What do we know about the Rams? They are like a gambler at a poker table that is pot committed. They are all effing in. They traded two first rounders for Ramsey. They're not getting rid of McVay. He's one of the best coaches in the league. They want to win now. This is a motivated team. This is a locker room that's uh, they are united. They're together. Dallas is disjointed. These guys are playing for themselves. This is I cannot believe a pick them. I honestly think the Rams should be favored by two and a half. I don't. I don't know what you could put the point spread at to make me want to take Dallas. I think you'd have to get it to five, right? I mean, just ask yourself that, and that should make it a best bet for all of us. When would you take Dallas in this game? Yeah, I have no idea. That that spread would have to be over a touchdown for me to take Dallas. Right. I mean, this is, as the model just said, two teams heading in opposite directions. I hate to repeat myself, but I mean, it really is. One locker room is cohesive and all in and committed and playing well, which is important. Two good wins, two blowout wins. Uh, and then one team that is just completely awful. They've lost to Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky too. I should, uh, uh point out Josh Allen had a 43% completion percentage last week against the Ravens. I know that's a pretty good defense, but he was home. He was making quote unquote progress. He, he regressed pretty hard right after playing the Cowboys. And I mean, they made Trubisky look like an MVP on Thursday night. So you can't take Dallas. I mean, there's, it'd have to be four or five to six points until I'm actually taking the Cowboys in this game. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't agree more. I'm also on the Rams here. They showed me a lot last week against the Seahawks. And at the same time, Dallas showed me absolutely nothing against the Bears. You saw what that offense is capable of. Uh, You know, obviously Chicago's defense is really good, but Dallas's offense couldn't do anything. You nailed it, Coulter. They don't want to play for for Garrett anymore. There's nothing going on. And the Rams are clicking at the right time. I, I actually do think that they were reserving Todd Gurley's uh, workload. And now they're kind of releasing him back out. You can see his touches are up. He looks a little bit more explosive when that offense is clicking with the running game. It opens up everything play action wise for golf who really needs that. And you saw how much difference that made when the play action was hitting because those, those linebackers have to respect the Todd Gurley uh, runs now. So that completely opens up their offense. Uh, I think the defense is loaded. And like you said, they're all in here. They're not eliminated. Uh, I think they can go on a run here and imagine the 
the shitty circumstances where this is could potentially be a playoff game that we see where the game is going to have to be in Dallas because they won the stupid fucking division. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I can't even imagine a world where we get this game in four weeks as the wild card, but yeah, it could happen. I think another good point you just raised is the Rams are not eliminated. Seattle plays earlier in the day. As I just said, I like Carolina in the points. What if Carolina pulled an upset and, and the Rams are going into that game, just one game behind Seattle, potentially they're also playing at the same time as Minnesota, which I kind of like, because if this was this quote unquote Sunday night game and Minnesota won, maybe you have the Rams are deflated. Oh man. Like we really aren't going to catch these guys. They have 10 wins, but th- they're playing at the same time. So this is going to be a highly motivated Rams team yep. that may not know the result of that Minnesota game. I think that Minnesota game could go the Chargers way. I mean, the Chargers are very hard to predict. I love this storyline of the Rams sneaking in and guess who we saw sneak in last year at this time. There was a team that was seven and five who had just competed in the Super Bowl that ended up getting the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs, Chicago Bears. I think the Rams or, or not the Chicago Bears, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they played the Bears. The, I think the Rams could be this year's Philadelphia Eagles, a team that played in the Super Bowl that gets back in the last week of the season. Everyone counted them out. The Eagles were counted out last year. And guess what? They made it to the postseason. I really, really, really like this play. Great job. Yep. I'm all on board there. Well done, Mr. Model. Okay, for my first pick, I am going to have a little theme to both of my picks, okay? Now, what I'm going to be doing this week is I am picking against bad coaches. And more specifically, I am picking against teams that have quit on their coach. So that is why this week I I, am Can I predict your two picks? Sure. Oakland and... Whoever the Giants are playing. That is correct, Coulter. You got me pinned. So for my first pick, I'm taking the Oakland Raiders. They're at home in the black hole, minus six and a half against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are done. They've quit on Marone. That offense is atrocious. They just got blown out by the Chargers. Uh, they went back to Minshew. He doesn't have it. The magic is gone. That team is just done on Marone. You think Leonard Fournette is going to get up for this game? I don't think so. And then the last thing that you got to factor in here, this is a four o'clock Sunday game. It's the last game potentially ever in Oakland. So that black hole is going to be rocking. Gruden's going to have them fired up. I do like that offense actually a little bit. I know they got blown out. No, no, I guess the end result was the blowout by the Titans last week, but they were hung. They hung around the first half. I think Josh Jacobs is probably coming back this week, which is a big uh, bump up for them. I just like this game because they're going against the Jaguars, and that is solely why I'm picking them. I can't believe the Jaguars are allowed to play football anymore. They, they have had the worst month I can ever conceive or slash remember of an NFL team. And we've seen the Bengals in Miami this year put up some real stinkers. This has been an atrocious, atrocious run of games. Uh, losing to the Titans, getting blown out by the Colts, getting blown out last week by the, the Bucks. Uh, I mean, two weeks ago against the Bucks. This is a team that just is in complete disarray. Uh, I like the fade here. To go back to that Cowboys exercise that we just did, what is the point spread where you consider taking Jacksonville? It's kind of close to that, though. Vegas yeah. did a much better job on this one. Uh, Oakland, six and a half, you're looking at that. I mean, I'm on Oakland right now in the pool, but it's like you're looking at it, you're like, oh, man, that's a lot of points. But Jacksonville's horrendous. You, you can't pick Jacksonville. The line is under a touchdown. You got to go with Oakland. I agree. I'm, <laughs> I'm on Oakland. I'm right there with you. I, yeah, I like I them think, in the spot. 
If that I, goes over a touchdown, I might reconsider it, but six and right. a half. Fine. That's what I think that was my point. If it was seven and a half, it might be going to Jacksonville, but that six and a half is just enough for getting me on Oakland. And you raised a key point too. last game in the black hole. I mentioned that last week when we were talking about the Titans it didn't end up proving, uh, you know, a fortune, but I think it will here. Uh, this is a much softer Jaguars team. Did I miss the headline where Doug Marone got fired, by the way? <laughs> I mean, did that, did that just skip by my Twitter feed or something? I mean, how does this guy still have his job? They've been so limp for the last month, and I cannot believe. I can't believe this guy still has his job. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Mr. Model, you look like you got a little something you want to say. I'm still in shock and on. I'm waiting for this key pick where I thought I heard you taking the Miami Dolphins over the New York Giants, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> you, you tell me when you want me to talk, and I'll talk. <laughs> I'm like shock and awe is where I'm at right now. I think we go there right now, and you address this key pick of taking – the hapless Miami Dolphins over your own New York Giants. Okay, now before Co- coaching mismatch. Before I make this pick, I just want to uh, put my resume out there. <laughs> As stated, I am twelve and two making this key pick. I put my balls on the table last week, and I picked the Chiefs going into Foxborough. And what happened? It got a cover and a win. That's correct. Now you don't earn this nickname, Key Pick Casalay. For making easy picks. Well, maybe you do. But I am picking the Miami Dolphins because they are playing my New York football giants who are dead in the water. The fact that Pat Shermer again was allowed to travel back with this team to New York City is a joke. They are so bad. It is embarrassing. This is the worst stretch of football in the history of this franchise. This three-year stretch is as bad as it's ever been. And this particularly is so revolting. They've lost nine in a row. Last week, the second half of that game, I don't even know what was happening. The defense just forgot that Zach Ertz was playing. Like, they just didn't even cover him. And I ended up going back, and I watched a little bit of this tape. And the Giants can't check Anything, any time an offense motions or checks out of a play, they are completely lost. There's zero communication on the defense. They don't know where to line up and guys are running wide open. Now, the other thing I really like about this is Miami just played in this very stadium against the Jets, a Jets team who beat the New York Giants very easily. And the Dolphins probably should have won that game against the Jets. They got a really bad pass interference call. They couldn't score touchdowns. They just kicked a bunch of field goals. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a bad quarterback. They've actually got some weapons. They've shown some life on defense. I think they light the skies up this week and pass all over this defense. And they're going to, they're going to win by 10 points. I'm stunned that the line is three and a half. (laughs) I mean, it it is like, that has to be one of the jokiest lines ever. How the the giants are favorited by three and a half points against any team in this league is shocking. They shouldn't be favored against anybody. The Dolphins are getting points. Three and a half. They can yeah. lose by a field goal, which isn't going to happen, and I still get the cover. This and their is- kicker is, by the way, their kicker is great. We've raised yeah. this point on several picks uh, in past podcasts. Their kicker is actually really solid, as we just saw on Sunday, kicking in that very stadium. He made seven field goals last week. This this team is way better than the Giants. It is this this blows my mind that they're favored and I think they're going to lose this game and 
they should fire Pat Shermer after this game, especially if this is an embarrassing loss, which I think it's going to be. They should fire him instantly. Don't even let him give a fucking press conference. Take his headset, rip the Giants shirt off his back and just say, hey, the bus stop is 10 feet that way. Can I ask you guys? So in the 62 games that Pat Shermer has been a head coach, what is his win percentage God, out of those two? Like, it's got to be like 35 percent down. Yeah. I would guess under 35. Yeah. 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 Is it, is it below 30? Yes. It's 27%. Wow. That I mean, horrendous. What else do you need to see? The offense sucks. He can't find a way to get Saquon Barkley, the football he's running him up the middle, basically running fucking dive plays with Saquon. How you Bar- can't Bar- Barkley is the, uh, the opposite of most improved player of the year. He is the least, he has regressed more than any superstar athlete I've ever seen uh, from season to season, I think. And I don't think that's hyperbole. I think he is, I don't think he can run the football anymore. Like I was saying it to one of my other friends who's a giants fan. He thought I was like making fun of him. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being genuine when I say that. I don't know if he can actually run effectively anymore. I don't know what the hell is going on. Well, the, the line sucks. The scheme sucks. They keep running him up the middle. They just get the ball him in space, line him up in the slot, throw him the football, put him in air against a linebacker. This is not complicated shit. If I can sit here and figure out how to get Saquon Barkley, the ball, a fucking head coach in the NFL should be able to, especially a guy who's considered an offensive mind. I'm sorry. I went off on that rant. I'm just fired up right now. That is all. I think you're making the one argument for the Giants, and that is if they can get Saquon the ball, he can go for 180 yards total and win that game by seven. That would be the one way they can do it. Yeah, but that's been the whole season. They should be yeah, able to do that they, against anybody. They haven't, they haven't proven that, so therefore I, you have to bet the Dolphins, I think, in the points. Yeah. And the fact that we're probably going to get another game of Eli. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm missing here. I'm taking this and I'm running to the bank. I can't wait till we do an end of year look back on the Giants and do another Dr. Dr. Melfi therapy session to see where you're landing. Oh, I need to be amazing. That was that was a rant and a half, and it's not even ended the season yet. Oh, it's going to be great. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, you guys are you guys with me? I'm with you 100 percent. You got to take the points. It's crazy. The Giants are favored by that much. Okay, I'm glad. I totally agree. Yep, totally agree. Uh, Okay, Mr. Coulter, would you like to go ahead and give us your key pick? Yeah, speaking of being favored by too much, I'm going back to the Louisiana Superdome and I'm going to take the Colts at nine and a half points as the underdog here. This is a this is the opposite of a coaching mismatch. This is like two Rams bucking their heads. These are two of the best coaches in the league. And I don't think this team has quit on Frank Reich at all. In fact, I think they are going to be playing very amped up. I think they could win the game outright. So therefore, I have to take the points. I know it's a big home field advantage for New Orleans, but this is a team that just lost Marcus Davenport. If you guys have been paying attention, the line is already shot down. In our pool, it's nine and a half. In Vegas, it's already eight and a half. And I think it will get to seven and a half by Monday night. I think people are going to take the dog here. Maybe that doesn't bode well for me that the public slash all the pros are betting on the Colts. But I'm going to roll the dice. I think it's a lot of points. I don't think Drew Brees has the capability anymore to beat teams by a lot of by a big margin. Uh, this is a Colts team that can hang around, and I think the Saints defense has a bunch of injuries to their front seven. And I think uh, Jacoby and Brissett and company will take advantage. And they're saying T.Y. Hilton might play. This is a team that has won one game in seven seasons without T.Y. Hilton playing. He means a lot to that team. I would argue he he is that point, that point difference that I just talked about from nine and a half to eight and a half. Maybe that's why the line moved. Maybe T.Y. is really playing. I think he is an important, important player. Uh, I could just see him already taking a deep ball from Brissett to the house. 
Uh, all they really need to do in this game is score about 20 points, and I think they'll cover. I think the game will be 27-20. I'll take the Colts' best bet. Yeah, I'm on board with you here as well. The Colts are one of those teams that they're playing for their coach. I think a lot of people wrote them off, obviously, with luck retiring uh, and everything that's happened with them. They've had an up-and-down season. Jacoby Brissett's not a bad quarterback. Uh, they've got weapons, and somehow they can run the football, too. I, I do like this team a lot. The weird thing to me is the Saints. You know, you look at that game last week. Obviously, the Niners are a really good team. They Their defense just got lit up. I mean, this, the Niners put up, what was it, 46 points on a Saints defense at home? That is very surprising to me. Uh, I know the Niners have a really good offense. They're explosive, but I think the Titans or the, excuse me, the Colts have similar uh, skill sets where they can put up points. So I'm with you here. The fact that the Saints defense just got shredded uh, makes me think this game is going to at least be close. And I like the points. I'm with you. And I totally agree. Not much to add. I too am taking those nine and a half points with the Colts. Uh, let's go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, Mr. Model, that leaves you. Yeah. For my key pick, I'm going with pure adrenaline, pure <laughs> excitement. <laughs> and this is a guy that I've heard talked a lot about recently. That could be one of the first quarterbacks ever to go 30 for 30. Yes. Jameis. I am taking Tampa Bay and their quarterback, Jameis Winston, minus three and a half over Detroit. To me, this is just a matchup where Tampa Bay is just a better team. I like their defense a lot. And Jameis is just a wild card. You never know what to expect. I think he already has something over like 4,000 passing yards this year. We're still three games to go and is uh, almost at 30 touchdown passes. And I think around 23 interceptions as of this podcast recording. I just love it more than adrenaline and just the the show that's going to offer. I'm going to take them as my key pick this week and hope that they cover and cover handily. (laughs) I absolutely love it. I mean, he he's a one man entertainment highlight reel for good and for bad. It's it's just it's crazy. But the amount of points you're putting up is wild, too. Three games this year, he has led off the game with an interception. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, that's statistically probably improbable, yet he is proving it possible. I mean, three picks in his first attempted pass this year alone. (laughs) I mean, that's just insane. And I shouldn't note, like, Evans, one of their star receivers, is out for the rest of the year. So that's going to be a big loss. Two of my fantasy teams. Yeah, huge loss for them. But they have Godwin, who's you know been as good uh, right there alongside him. So I expect him, and I'd hope that he would step up and perform nicely the rest of the year. I also and, let – oh, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say the other big thing too is just Detroit's offense has just got nothing with Blah, David third, Blah. <laughs> third string quarterback. This is the worst run uh, running offense in the league. I don't even have to look at that as a stat. And if someone, would, if someone tweets at us and says, oh, no, this is the worst running offense in the league, not Detroit – I don't really give a shit. I've watched football all year. This team cannot run the football period. They haven't been able to run the football in years. They're even worse at it this year. Whoever their offensive line coach is should be obliterated and fired. I mean, this team can't run. So this is a one dimensional offense with a third string quarterback. And yeah, Tampa Bay secondary is not great, but I mean, if you can't run, literally can't run Todd Bowles should be able to figure out how to beat a third string quarterback. I am in full agreement with, uh, the model on this one. I love Todd Bowles too. I think this is a guy who wasn't a head coach. He's a great coordinator 
And, you know, in Tampa Bay in a different world, just like my Broncos could be a playoff team. They've lost a couple heartbreaking games. You never know. I mean, this yeah. is a good, this is a good team, I think. And three and a half is just light enough for me to definitely be taking the bucks. So Jameis has 23 interceptions. There's three games left. Can he possibly have a three interception week? I think it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, no, he, he absolutely it is. It is <laughs> for sure. The first 30 for 30 and they'd have to by law make a 30 for 30 on that. You have to, right? <laughs> have to. It's in the, it's in the name. Yeah. Um, are we in complete agreement on all six picks? You know, I was just about to say, this is worrisome that we've not had one disagreement. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I would guess I would say, I mean, the Giants have the potential with their offensive weapons and how bad Miami is on defense to win that game by margin. I just, you can't bet on Pat Shermer with three and a half. You just can't do it right now. Yeah. They're so limp. I, uh, I'm going to have the guillotine ready for Pat as soon as that game is over. There's just, it, it's, I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. I've already said my piece. <laughs> All right. That's episode 60 in the books. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, and you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Oh, I'm fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.